Dynasty Board Game Blitz, a proud member of the Dice Tower Network, a podcast about all things board games that you can listen to in less time than it takes to fully appreciate how many episodes 150 really is for a podcast. Board Game Blitz is sponsored by Gray Fox Games. This week, we're celebrating our 150th episode by answering your questions for the entire episode. And now, here are your hosts, Ambi and Crystal. One quick announcement before we hop into the main episode, and that is that at the end of this month is the next Tabletop Live Network Marathon. You all know the drill by this point. Ambie and I will be in the 8 p.m. Pacific time slot on February 26th. And I'm really excited because Monique, Game Freak Geek Girl, is actually going to be here in Vegas visiting me before Dice Tower West. So Monique is going to join us on stream. Uh, So you definitely don't want to miss that. Go to TabletopLiveNetwork.com for more information. This is our 150th episode. Woohoo! So so we wanted to do something special and do a Q&A. If you've been listening to our previous episodes, you will know that we've been asking for Q&A questions and this is where it all leads to. Yeah, wouldn't it have been funny if we just asked for a bunch of questions and then never answered them? That would have been hilarious. (laughs) That would be so sad. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, but we we got a bunch of questions, so we're having a special episode full of just question answering. Yep, we're not not reviewing board games. We're not doing etymology, although admittedly I haven't been doing that as much lately (laughs) anyway, but that's neither here nor there. So it's all questions all the time. Andy, do you want to pick our first question and then we'll just go back and forth for the rest of the episode? All right. So we got questions all over the place and we're taking them from all over the place. So in Discord, Uncle Gramps asked, what hobbies do you all have besides board games? That's a good question. Yeah. And then there are also some other questions to add on. But but first, yeah. What, what other hobbies do you have, Crystal? I will say that board games take up the majority of my hobby time, but I also enjoy playing video games quite a mm-hmm. bit. That's probably unsurprising. And then one of my other hobbies, I actually paint. Specifically, the type of painting that I prefer to do the most is acrylic pour painting, where you thin out acrylic paints until they are more liquidy than they normally would be, and you pour them onto a canvas in specific styles to make really cool looking artwork. And I have a lot of my paintings like hung up around my house. Mm. Um, It's a really calming kind of activity and you never quite know what you're going to get at the end of it and it's something that you can do whether you consider yourself to be an artist or not like it's a relatively easy style of painting to take on so I don't do it as frequently as I would like mostly because there's kind of a lot of prep work involved and then you have to have the Mm -hmm. space to let the paintings dry but it's really fun and I actually have a dice tower that I did an acrylic pour on at one point as well. I put it on top of a canvas, poured on top of the whole thing, then pulled the dice tower off. And so then I ended up with a meeple-shaped dice tower and two small canvases that all had the same aesthetic. And it's kind of neat. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I I have a bunch of other hobbies, but some of them aren't as active as others. Uh, I also do like playing video games. I also like crocheting and knitting and doing lots of like crafts and art stuff. I used to like drawing and painting, but I haven't done that in a long time. I also like music or like singing. 
Uh, but oh yeah, <laughs> karaoke has to be a hobby of mine, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, the pandemic yeah. has obviously made it more difficult, but like karaoke counts. I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> yeah. So, but I combined a lot of my hobbies into like board game stuff. So, like with the singing, I liked singing in song parodies before I started making board game song parodies, and then like so I combined that, and then I'm doing a lot of like creative making stuff <laughs> with making the board game content. So. Yeah, I'm kind of like combining that together. Oh, I also like jigsaw puzzles, which I do sometimes stream as well. So like all of my hobbies, I'm like kind of also making content out of as well now. Awesome. So continuing the question, they asked, are there any board games that you like which use one of your other hobbies as a theme? If not, which of those hobbies would you most like to see represented in a game? I mean, for me, I have a lot of art themed games and some of them are even specifically about painting Mm -hmm. none of them are about the specific style of painting i do (laughs) but like i think that it it would be difficult to do a game about one specific style of painting at least this style but i I am actually very drawn to games with art as a theme um kind Mm -hmm. of no matter how they're implemented that always appeals to me and so i wonder if that's just because i like art in general yeah so i'm trying to think of like I know there's some games that have like knitting and crocheting as a theme, but I haven't played them. So I don't know if I like them yet. And then there's like patchwork, which is quilting, which I haven't done, but I do know how to sew. So that's kind of, yeah, that's, kind of a that's kind similar of related. theme. And I like patchwork a lot. So that's probably the closest. I haven't played Arch Ravels, but some people were playing it near me mm-hmm. at packs unplugged and they were saying it's pretty neat like a bunch of people seem to like art travels if you ever want to check that one out so andrea in our discord asked where have you traveled or would like to travel that has nothing to do with a board game convention i think andrea is very smart in that she probably realizes at least for me i've said multiple times that like a lot of my vacation time from work ends up being spent (laughs) going to board game conventions and so i haven't done as much non-board game related travel over the past few years <laughs> mm-hmm. so this is a good question ambie so where where do you want to travel not talking about board game stuff so like the only place that i've traveled that is wasn't a board game convention that i went for on a vacation was japan but like i kind of want to go to tokyo game fair tokyo game market so <laughs> I mean, question, it doesn't though. have nothing to do with the board game convention anymore so uh yeah yeah so nothing with the board game convention would probably be eventually like in the far future when cruises are safe uh the disney cruise i wanted to and then also i want to i want to go to new zealand sometimes because of lord of the rings and it's pretty but i don't know if like that'll actually happen <laughs> so okay yeah Oh, also Cuba sometime, maybe. I'm not sure yet because uh, my dad's from there. So yeah, Yeah, that's a cool one. So I've traveled a little bit more. I I got to travel some when I was younger. I've been to three different countries in Europe, technically four if you count stopping at an airport, but I don't really count that. (laughs) And I've been to French Polynesia. That was where I got married Mm -hmm. to my ex. I love tropical places. So basically anywhere that has beaches, I'm essentially down for no matter what. But then there's a lot of places, especially in Europe and Asia, that I would like to go. I would love to go to Dubai at some point just to see it. I would like to go to the Isle of Man, which is part of the UK, uh, because I have ancestors from there. My biological grandmother's maiden name is part of a clan from the Isle of Man. 
I'm one of those people that I think if I had the money and the time, I would travel a lot, like all the time. Like, I think that's something that I would really enjoy. There's very few places that I don't want to go. And then I end up struggling because in my brain, I'm like, oh, I really want to go back to French Polynesia again because <laughs> I loved it there. But then it seems silly to, you know, spend all that time and money going to a place I've already been when there are yeah. all these other places I haven't been. So that also sometimes gets in my way. But I do want to go back to the countries I visited in Europe when I was 20, especially Vienna, Austria. I loved Vienna so much. And I don't think at 20, I was able to fully appreciate all of the history and archaeology and other things that I got to see when I was there. Like I wasn't mm -hmm. a wild, irresponsible 20 year old. But just when you're that age, I don't think you can really like understand the breadth and depth of yeah. the things you're seeing in Europe. So basically everywhere is my answer, which isn't that helpful. Also, that reminded me that I also want to go to like everywhere in a lot of places in Asia. I want to go to Taiwan and I want to go to Hong Kong and Malaysia uh, <laughs> and try a lot of food. Oh my gosh. Yes. I would travel all around Asia and eat all of the food. I've never been to Japan and would desperately love to go to Japan. Oh, and I forgot. I should I should mention Sweden because my best friend moved to Sweden in June. So I, honest to gosh, will probably be going to visit her and her husband, who's also my friend, hopefully within the next couple of years. I'm hopeful that I can maybe make a dual trip that's Essen and Sweden, which then that's board game related. But like, if I'm yeah. going to fly all the way to Europe, I kind of feel like I should try and package some things together. And uh, Dave and Ilka Luza already told me I have to come visit them too. But that'll, then, yeah, that's a given. Yeah. So. All right, and Andrea also asks, when and why did you start streaming and how do you decide what goes on your personal channels versus the Blitz Twitch? Blitz Twitch. <laughs> Blitz Twitch. That's, that's a tongue twister and a half, isn't it? <laughs> so, yeah, when did you start streaming? So what's interesting, I think I started streaming on my personal Twitch channel mm -hmm. before the Blitz, we started streaming on Blitz. And when I started streaming on my personal channel, it's always been very like infrequent, just random. And I was streaming... Mm -hmm. I think I was using a an emulator to stream like Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. I think that's what I originally did. And then for Blitz, I believe we just passed our five-year anniversary of being on Twitch. We did a Q&A, Yumi and Cassidy. Yeah, really early on, yeah. Yeah, and we weren't streaming a lot back then. Like that stream was dual streamed to YouTube and Twitch. But we started streaming five years ago. Then obviously once the pandemic kicked off a couple of years ago, our streaming increased significantly. <laughs> yeah. And for me, I started streaming on my personal channel as well, uh, way before Blitz existed, I think. I, I only like did try it a couple times. I remember I tried streaming like knitting and crocheting or something when it started not having games. So like IRL had just come out or something. I don't know if it was called that. But before Twitch used to be only video games. And then yeah. they started having like some other stuff. And so I, I started streaming, trying streaming. I quickly stopped because of chat. Um, but <laughs> the board game Twitch chat has been very welcoming compared to back then. So after we started streaming more on Blitz Twitch, then I was like started streaming back on my personal Twitch because I was like, oh, people on Twitch are better now. Um, or like at least the people that I know on Twitch are better now. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And so for me, I do board games and jigsaw puzzles and board game related things on the Blitz Twitch. And then I do other stuff like video games and behind the scenes stuff and non-board game stuff on my personal channel. 
Yeah, I'm mostly the same way. Like early in the pandemic, we were streaming anything and everything on the Blitz channel, just mm -hmm. at least for me, because I needed something to distract my brain. And so I was streaming lots of different things like marble races and <laughs> other stuff. But I think we've, and it's funny because we never fully discussed this. This is the first time <laughs> we're actually talking about it, which might surprise some people. But you and I tend to just kind of ride on similar wavelengths as to what we're doing. And if it works, it works. And we just yeah. let it happen. So I think we both kind of just naturally divested the vo the video game content from the Blitz channel and took it mm -hmm. to our personal channels. But that's not to say we would never stream video games on the Blitz channel. Like I will occasionally stream video games that are very board game-like, such yeah. as Slay the Spire or Dicey Dungeons, things like that on the Blitz channel, mm -hmm. because I believe that they would appeal to a specific board game audience. But then yeah. these same people end up in my chat on my personal channel. Yeah, so yeah. it's like, <laughs> we kind of just, yeah, like there's, we don't have rules in place for what we can and can't do but that's just kind of the way we've naturally segmented our content yeah and for me like I had video games that I I wanted to play video games so that's why I scheduled like okay I'm gonna stream on my personal channel these times because I want to play video games and I haven't had time to but yeah like I also streamed escape simulator which is a video game that's kind of board game adjacent because there's escape room board games and stuff and I thought people might be interested in that so I scream stream that on the blitz twitch once I think, um, honestly, I'm sure people love that on the Blitz Twitch, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you all, the Escape Simulator is great. If you like Escape Rooms, you should get it. <laughs> I bought it. I still haven't played it. I really need to. My problem is that I've gotten into this, like, I don't like being in front of my computer when I'm oh. not working. Uh -huh. Like... I, I will do it like on uh, when we do community game night, I'm in front of my computer and when I stream, I'm in front of my computer. So then when I do just want to like sit down and play a regular video game, especially like a Nintendo Switch game, I would much mm -hmm. rather just be sitting on my couch. And if there was a oh, way okay. to easily stream that somehow, like stream <laughs> directly from my Twitch and set up a webcam that showed me sitting on the couch with the dogs, like I would do that. But that's, uh, yeah, I don't, I guess technically... I could do that from my upstairs streaming station now. Like, I could mm. theoretically make that work. <laughs> Gosh darn it, now I'm getting ideas. Dang it. <laughs> ideas. Because <laughs> I, play, I play a little bit of video games almost every day. Mm. And not just mobile games, but like, I tend to hop on my Switch at least once a day and check out what the, like, the daily climb is and Slay the Spire or play some Hades or Animal Crossing, things like that. So I play a lot of video <laughs> games but I would not want to stream all of them. Mm -hmm. All right, next question. In the Board Game Geek thread, Adam Brocker asks, he had a few questions, but one of them was, the game Strike has a place of prominence on the show. Can you regale us with the origin story of when you both first played the game? Well, okay, so hold on. I think I can answer this potentially for both of us. So I want to see if I've got your origin story right, because it's not the same origin Let me story. See. Um, well, so yeah, I you can look up long, the date. So. <laughs> I won't have the date for you, but I'll have the, the circumstances, I think. Mm -hmm. So for me, the first time I played Strike was at Dice Tower Con. I don't remember which year. A few years back. It was actually our friends from the now-ended Epic Gaming Night podcast. Roy and Rob and Matt, they were the ones who taught it to me. 
I had heard about it for a very long time from Rolling Dice and Taking Names. They host a strike tournament at Gen Con every summer and have for a really long time. And I knew about the game and I really wanted to play it because I knew I would love it. And so Roy, Rob, and Matt taught it to me and I fell in love instantly. So then to that end, I believe Ambie's first play of strike was at one of those Rolling Dice and Taking Names tournaments at Gen Con. Again, don't know what year, but it was before me. I think Ambie had definitely played strike before I had and had talked about it. And that was part of the reason I wanted to play it. So now Ambie can either confirm if I'm correct or correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, I think we learned it at the same time. Because I'm Did looking we really I have a play in July 6th of 2017 at Dice Tower Con. I it <gasps> might have been like right before you or something, because I have a play without you and then I have a play with you oh. on the same day. But like I don't know which was first because the plays get logged in a weird order. I don't know. Yeah. But yes, the, the people from Epic Gaming Night taught. Okay. Mm-hmm, I, I would have sworn mm-hmm. that you had played Strike before me. So that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I'd played a few times and then we went to the Gen Con tournament and Toby won it because Toby's amazing at Strike. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. I've, <laughs> I've watched Toby play Strike. He is amazing. But yeah, that's so Epic Gaming Night. They got that got us into Strike. And I, I had also heard about it from yeah Rolling Dice and Taking Names and also Rodney Smith. Yeah. So... But yeah, yeah, I guess we got into it at, at the same time. <laughs> okay. Well, that's cool. I, I learned something, so that's fun. <laughs> Adam had one other question that I wanted to pull out, and that was, what TV show would you recommend for folks to watch? I know I'm big into TV. I watch a lot of TV. And so I, I'm curious whether I should pick an older show that you could find all of, you know, on a streaming service or shows that are currently airing. I'll go to something that has ended. So that way, in theory, if you wanted to pick it up, you could watch all of it. One of my all-time favorite shows is The Good Place. And Mm. if any of you out there have not watched The Good Place, I highly recommend it. And it's cool because there are spoilers related to The Good Place. But I, for whatever reason, the people who watch The Good Place are really good about not talking about the spoilers specifically, like you'll see references to things that you won't understand, but nope. I like, I see spoilers for other shows all the time and I've never seen like an overt spoiler for the good place. So just note that season one starts off a tiny bit slow and you're going to be a little confused and just, just enjoy it. Click, click play and let it go. And I guarantee you will have a good time with that show. Yeah. The good place is really good. Okay. I don't watch that much TV. (laughs) So Ah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, you could pick something that you liked, you know, years ago. Too. Yeah, yeah. Happen. So I'm, I'm trying to think. But I mean, I didn't li- watch much TV years ago either. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I guess I, I can go with an anime. So one of my favorite Ooh, animes go. is called Steins Gate. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but like it's kind of confusing at first. But if you like kind of sci-fi, but like regular world, realistic sci-fi, because <laughs> it's in the present okay. day involving some theme that I like and um I I really like the characters the main character is a scientist and he's like very outrageous about he's like always very like (laughs) one point yeah I guess kind of like okay I've never seen the show I'm just watching you (laughs) in Skype and trying to like (laughs) (laughs) but so it's funny and then he names all of his inventions like really weird names name subject to change or something at the end of the name and um but anyways it gets it's confusing but then it gets like it's really good story and lots of character development in the game or in the movie in the tv show it's a tv show (laughs) anime i mean okay it's an anime that started out like it's based on a 
one of those uh, visual novel game things. So I guess it is also a game, but I haven't played it. So the anime is very good. Well, there you go. Our good friend moderator Chris from Flip the Table asked us on Facebook, what's something you do when making the show now than you do differently in the first, say, dozen or so shows? That's an interesting question because I do feel like while our outline of the show has stayed fairly static throughout the entire course of 150 episodes, there are some differences between how we approach recording Mm -hmm. and the structure of the show in general. Yeah, I'm trying to remember, like, did we have, like, our intro and, like, notes written out early on? Yeah. I think we started that from day one. And we also, you, I know you used to script your reviews more regularly. Mm-hmm. And I even scripted yeah. some of mine early yeah. on, too, because we were nervous. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cassidy was part of the show as well. I don't want yeah. to not mention Cassidy. But we also... I don't remember how many episodes it lasted, but we had a specific segment dedicated to gaming accessories in our early episodes. And at a certain Mm -hmm. point, we realized there are only so many gaming accessories. And we don't have that many of them. (laughs) Right. So that that segment just kind of faded away. And what's interesting is the etymology segment has kind of hit that same point for Mm -hmm. me. And I'm, I'm not saying it's completely gone forever, because we've polled people multiple times over the years and almost every time the etymology segment rates as pe- one of people's favorite segments of the show. Yeah. They really like learning the, the origins of words. But at a certain point, like there were only so many gaming related words that yeah. I could do. I'm, I'm, there are more. I haven't completely exhausted that list, but I've looked into some others and the etymology is either too confusing or not interesting Mm -hmm. enough. So I love the etymology segment. It has not gone away for any reason other than it just often isn't a good fit. There isn't a word that I feel is worth highlighting, but I'm always looking for words that would be worth highlighting. So you know what? This is actually a good opportunity. If you all can think of gaming words that we haven't talked about on the show, which how you would remember, I don't know, but you all sometimes have better (laughs) memories than us. If you have a word that you'd love to know the origin of and it's related to gaming in some way, feel free to uh, send it over to us and I will look into whether we've covered it before. And if we have, I'll send you a link. If we haven't, maybe I'll feature it on the show. Yeah, and then I guess there's some stuff I've done differently in the post-recording. Well, I guess also we record... Did, no, yeah, we always started with doing backup and multiple tracks and like... Yeah, so that, yeah. that's all the same. We uh, honestly... I, this yeah. is not... I don't want to brag, but I truly think we had our stuff together like pretty yeah. early on as far as how to handle making a podcast. We've mm-hmm. obviously gotten better at all of those things over the years, but... We haven't drastically changed much. We we did a lot of research before starting the show, too. Yeah, we did. We wanted to make sure. And what's interesting is moderator Chris, who asked this question, was one of the people (laughs) who very kindly provided us with some tips and tricks Mm -hmm. early on before we even started the show. Because his show was something that I loved and I looked up to. And I, you know, wanted to get some insight from somebody who I thought was a really good podcaster. So, yeah, Yeah. we've kind of been doing it. The same all the way along. We used to record multiple episodes in a single sitting. Oh, yeah, um, sometimes. Yeah. And that was more because schedules for three people in different time zones was more difficult to yeah. work around. But we tend to now record a single episode at a time, often of like about five to six days before 
the episode is going to get released. So you are hearing from us generally in mostly real time. There are exceptions to that, obviously, you know, if we're traveling or anything like that. Yeah. This question made me chuckle. So Harley Winfrey on BGG said, since you met on Reddit, I'll ask the classic AMA. Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, we met on Reddit. And on Reddit, people have asked me on anything threads. And this is like a question that's asked all the time on those. (laughs) I wonder what the origins of this question are. I don't know if it originated on Reddit or if it's probably existed before reddit and it just kind of Probably. became a reddit thing but yeah, i'm not going to look into the history of the question right now um mm-hmm. i mean my answer is always a hundred yeah. duck-sized horses yep okay <laughs> that's, that's, like, <laughs> i can i can kick something that's the size of a duck yeah but a a, a duck ducks are mean first off like yeah. wild ducks are not nice and a horse-sized, a horse-sized duck, duck is that sounds terrifying to me like <laughs> Horses are generally fairly, like, docile. They don't have a lot of weaponry at their availability. And if they're that small, I feel like you could deal with them. It wouldn't be fun, but, like... Yeah, like, their weapons are their legs, right? Yeah. And if they're small, it's like, okay. But, like, the duck, they just eat you. Yeah, or at least peck at you. Like, those beaks are hard. You could do significant damage. I don't... It seems obvious to me, so it's kind of confusing why this is, like, a thing. But, you know, I know other people have different answers. (laughs) So still in that BGG thread, Jeremiah asks, what are the first few, maybe around three hobby games that you purchased when you began in the hobby? And what were your motivations for the purchases? He says, I began buying games in 2006 and was primarily motivated by magazine ads and what I could afford then. So mostly card games like Bonanza. That's a that's a good question, Mm. Jeremiah. What are your first few hobby games that you kind of purchased on your own, Ambie? Yeah, so I graduated college in 2010, and so I started buying games after that. Maybe like in 2012 or something, I started buying hobby games, I think. But I remember, I think like one of the first purchases I made was a miniature market order. <laughs> okay, so you, you were going to a good source right off the bat. <laughs> but I, I think like before that, I had bought Thunderstone Advance from a game store. So that, like, I bought that and then I made a miniature market order. And so, like, Thunderstorm Advance, I had played Dominion a bunch in college. It wasn't my copy. Yeah. And so, like, one of my friends said, oh, if you like Dominion, like, Thunderstone is like that. And so I got it. And then I must have researched stuff or something because Mage Knight was one of my first purchases on Miniature <laughs> Market. Oh, and then I also got an expansion for Arkham Horror because Toby had gotten Arkham Horror at the game store as, like, one of his first purchases because he asked for something like super hardcore. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that's what Toby likes doing. Like, nice. It's a really, really intense, difficult game, please. <laughs> so, yeah, and we got the expansion for that. So I got Mage Knight and the expansion for Arkham Horror. And I don't remember like how I learned about Mage Knight, but like I like fantasy stuff. So somehow I, I got it and thought it looked cool. You know what's funny is, one of I, I won't it won't be one of my like first three, but Mage Knight was a very early purchase for me as well. But then I literally never played it because it was oh, so no. intimidating. Like <laughs> I remember I brought the rules to work and like read them there. <laughs> I read both like the rule book and the playbook because it had like yeah. both both books for learning and then I played it solo, like a couple I don't know if I played a whole game solo, but then and then I played it with Toby and then he didn't like it. <laughs> so so then we ended up getting rid of it. 
what's funny is I kind of got into buying hobby games after college as well. That was mm-hmm. when I first really started building a collection. Like prior to that, I had owned some like smaller party games, like apples to apples, mm-hmm. things like that. But really, like I got into the hobby in 2007 when I was going to game night at my coworker's house when I was working overnights at the casino in Kansas City. And my first few acquisitions, I moved to Vegas shortly after that. And my first few acquisitions, once I no longer had a local game group, were things that I had learned from my buddy, generally. So I think early purchases for me were things like Race for the Galaxy, Betrayal at House on the Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, And interestingly enough, one of my most early board game purchases, this is not a joke, I'm not kidding, was Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> nice. But the re- I had not played Battlestar Galactica at my buddy's house. What's interesting, it was, I don't know what year Borders declared bankruptcy and closed all their stores, mm. but my friend Melanie and I went to a Borders that was doing a clearance sale because Borders was closing. Mm. I'm hoping that this was around like 2009, 2010-ish. I think that would make sense. I don't know. But on their clearance section, they had some board games. And I loved the TV show Battlestar Galactica. Ooh, this had to have been after 2010 because I didn't see Battlestar Galactica till Rob and I met in 2010. So like this would have been 2010, 2011-ish. But yeah, like I saw Battlestar Galactica, the board game sitting on a shelf and I was like, oh, I love that TV show. I like board games. I'll just buy it. I knew nothing about it at the time. Honest <laughs> to gosh, I knew nothing. And you know, how how would I wow. know that years later that would become my favorite game of all time? So that was kind of- That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, a magical thing. And a lot of those early games that I purchased, Jeremiah asked a follow-up question about which of our first purchases we're still playing or willing to play. For the most part, a lot of those games that I purchased early on, I still own and still like to play quite a bit. There were other games I played early in my tenure as a hobby gamer that I don't play anymore, but the ones I purchased early on generally were ones I really liked. I think for me, those ones I don't have anymore. <laughs> I liked Arkham Horror and Dunwich Horror a lot, though. We played that a lot, but then it just, like, once our friend got Eldritch Horror, we, like, stopped playing Arkham Horror, and then it kind of, like, faded. Yeah, and we ended up... We, we do... We call uh, Get Rid of Games a lot, so none of those games are still in our collection. Uh, Amanda Panda on Twitter asks, what is your best streaming moment or memory? What's interesting is the moment, for me, that is my absolute favorite that I will literally never forget was... In August of 2020, we were doing an Extra Life marathon and we kind of, instead of doing like a single 24-hour marathon, we st- I streamed, I don't remember how many hours a day, like three days straight, I streamed a whole bunch and Ambie came on and streamed for parts of that as well, thankfully, to give me some breaks because <laughs> I would have not made it otherwise. And in the middle of the stream, I was playing Fall Guys And I got a call from my realtor while I was on stream telling me that the offer I had put in on a house had been accepted. And so I literally cried. We were raising money for charity, which is already one of my favorite things to do. I love Extra Life and I love raising money for Extra Life. So like I was already kind of emotional because of that. And then I found out that, you know, I was I was in the midst of my divorce and I found out that I got the house I really wanted. And so I cried on the stream and it was just like a really beautiful moment and i i love that it was captured on stream and we ended up clipping it it's on our twitch channel in our clips or highlights so if you want to see that moment you can go to our twitch channel and see it but it was um very memorable for me because it was just a lot of good things that happened all at once on a single day yeah that that was an awesome moment 
I don't have anything for yeah. this. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, we've had a lot of really fun streams together. Like, we've had a lot of great, just fun board game moments. Yeah. Like, when you and I winning in Horrified together, like, <laughs> even though it was your first play of the game, like, there was a lot of cool stuff that we've done together on stream. And yeah. I'm sure there will, we will be making one. lots of memories in the future. Yeah. All right, Andy, I want to ask you a question that Eric posed to you on Twitter. He asked, what game is Ambi most excited to teach the twins? And so <laughs> I'm going to kind of like modify Eric's question because I think at this point, you're just loving introducing them to games. You guys are yeah. playing a lot of Haba games, a lot of kids games. No shade to those at all. They're wonderful and great. But what I want to know is once they are of an age that they can play the types of games that you really enjoy, you know, like the mm. stuff that you... Well, no, like, not, not 18xx probably, but like, oh, okay. you know, like, there's, you have lots of games that you like that are not that heavy, too. Yeah, I know. But like, is there a game that you love that you would, that you cannot wait to play with the kids? Ooh. Well, so then now, like, my favorite game is Space Alert. So now I'm thinking, like, when will they be able to play that? Gosh, <laughs> there's so many, though. And then, like, oh, God, I'm kind of scared to play, like, a hidden like resistance with them <laughs> I, I would like i would be excited to play but then also like ooh, are you good Teaching at this game what to deceive you is probably an interesting parenting strategy uh, but hey i mean I, then no 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 this is a smart parenting strategy because you know all kids are gonna lie to their parents at some point that's a given so you get them playing deduction games early so you can learn so their tells yeah learn their tells <laughs> no, there's so many i just like all the games i hope they like them so back when it was originally just like just thinking of children's games, I was thinking Robot Turtles because I've had that for so long and I'm excited um, that like yeah, you, teaches little You bought that before they were born, right? Yes, I bought that in 2013 when it was on Kickstarter. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to have kids someday. I should buy this game. Yes. I actually got like three copies of it because that was like one of the things. And so I gave one to our friend's daughter. Um, I had one for our nephew or something and then who also wasn't born I think or what had just been born I don't know uh and then one for our kids so wait hold on you said I bought three copies of it because that was one of the things oh one I of the the reward tiers is like it, it it's like one copy or like three copies and you get a discount oh uh, I see um, okay okay yeah. I was things, like, one you know. of what things? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. You were like, well, if I'm going to buy one, I might as well buy three. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I've had that for a while. But Well, and I know yeah, oh, you gosh. recently got a copy of Cora Quest from Dan yes. Hughes and Cora Hughes. So I think, I imagine you're excited about that one as well. Yeah, but that's also a few years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many games. And there's like so many new children's games coming out. Like, I've been just excited for all of them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, in our Slack, which you can get access to by supporting us on Patreon for $1 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Yes. Uh, Mike Rodman asks, what is your dream gaming job? Like if you could drop everything right now and work full time in the gaming industry, what would you want to do? This question is somewhat fraught for me because I technically have been offered my dream gaming job already and I had to turn it down, which... Mm kind of broke my heart. I've been offered a couple different jobs in the gaming industry. I got offered a marketing role in one organization a few years back that would have required me to relocate. And at the time that would not have worked for me and Rob, who I was married to at the time. And then 
just a little over a year ago, I actually got offered a position with a board game company that I really, really love to be essentially a content creator for them. So Twitch streaming, making videos, making content, like the things that I already love to do, I would have got to do that for them. And I love the company and I love doing those things, but you know, I was newly divorced at the time. I had literally just moved into my new house like two months before. So I just signed a big mortgage um, and I was, you know, working off of a single income for the first time in a decade. Uh, the pay was a lot less than my current job, which you know, mm. totally fine. I get it. And the, the big thing for me was it did not come with health insurance. And mm. I have a lot of pre-existing medical conditions that um, I need medication for, my asthma, my anxiety, migraines, lots of other stuff. So I took a, a lot of time thinking about it and I eventually ended up turning it down, which really, truly did break my heart. Like if anybody from that company is listening, I, they know I've talked to them, but like, I desperately wanted that job. I wanted to say yes, and I just couldn't take the risk at the time. Oh my gosh, I'm literally gonna cry. Like, <laughs> I, I got offered my dream job and I wasn't able to take it. So, so I, I think being a content creator, getting to be creative and make cool stuff in the board game space is something that I would love to do. But, you know, the pandemic kind of made things more difficult and then my divorce on top of that, so. It's not to say I'll never get to work in the board game industry. It's not necessarily something that I have as a definitive goal for myself, but I am definitely interested in it. So someday it might happen. I, you know, it's, it, it, we will, we'll see. For me, I'm kind of already doing like what I like doing in the board game industry. So just more of this. <laughs> so I like, like making content, YouTube videos, streaming, making songs <laughs> and maybe making a book. But yeah, like I don't have the time to do anything full time. <laughs> so I, I don't really know if I would actually work full time in the gaming industry. Yeah, I kind of hope that as time passes, board games on Twitch continue to grow and flourish. Mm -hmm. And like, obviously, this is kind of a pipe dream. But how cool would it be if like Tabletop Live Network continued to grow and change mm -hmm. and like... You know, something magical happened and board games became this very desirable thing to watch on Twitch. And then there could be streamers that streamed all the time kind of for mm -hmm. Tabletop Live Network. Like, oh, you know, yeah. on Mondays, it's so-and-so in Europe. And on Tuesdays, it's so-and-so in whatever. And then those oh. those same streamers are also making content about board games in other places. And it's like a company almost. I mean, I, <laughs> I I don't own TLN. I don't run TLN. That's the Brothers Murph and Ruel. And I'm sure they have their own, you know, goals and things for it. But like, how cool would that be if Tabletop Live Network was like a company that made content all the time, something like, like in the vein TV of something network. like, yeah, like <laughs> Geek and Sundry, you know, mm -hmm. or those types of things. I know it's a niche thing and it's very difficult to make that yeah. happen. So it's very pie in the sky. But um, how neat would that be if that existed? All right, so we are over time. So uh, sorry if we didn't get to our, your questions. Um, you can feel free to ask us again, and we will we can answer in in Discord or wherever we talk to. Yeah, you. I might I oh. might try and pull some of these questions and like in the places that they were asked and maybe yeah. try and answer people so more of them get answered. I'm not going to promise anything, but like yeah. there there were some other really amazing questions that we mm -hmm. did not get to get to. Yeah, but last question for today is. Gareth Reynolds on BGG asked if the pair of you were able to game together in person for an hour, no COVID concerns or travel issues, what game would you want to play? 
Would the answer change much within extended time or would there be too much joy at seeing each other in person that you wouldn't get around to gaming? Well, what's interesting is we kind of have a cheat to this because we got to see each other in August when I was in the Bay Area. That's true. So we kind of did like... Did we play a game? We did, but barely. Like we we sat down, we played Rise of the Metro, I think. No, wait. No, I played that at Eric's house. What did you and did I play Did we play, play like together? a party game or something maybe? Uh, let me see. We, we, we messed around the flapjack flip out a oh, little yeah. bit, but we didn't actually play it. And then I know we played something. <laughs> I don't remember what. And I think that is kind of representative of the fact that we were just so excited to see each other. (laughs) And I was really excited to meet the twins. It's funny because I truly am not what you would call a kid person. I don't want to be around kids, but I'm really good with kids and I love kids. So it's it's weird. They loved you. Oh my gosh. And they're like not great with strangers. (laughs) And it's like their first (laughs) time meeting Crystal. I I kid you not. My entire life stranger babies have smiled at me like no like passing them in the street in a grocery store it does not matter where i am babies love me i don't know what it is like it's something and i do i love kids i don't have any i don't want like i don't desire to be around children like that's not a thing that i want to do but when i am around kids i have a lot of fun with them and i i like giving kids the kind of attention that i think they deserve Like, and that's not to say they're not getting it from other places, but like, you know, I think a lot of people kind of overwhelm children when they meet them. And I, I've been told I'm more chill than a lot of people. Like, I'm not that, you know, overbearing aunt who wants to pick them up and squeeze them and kiss them and whatever. Like, I'm just hanging out. probably why they liked you. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's all you have to do to get kids to like you is just like be yourself and like treat them like a normal person. And then Mm -hmm. they'll immediately become interested. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, that, we, I went off the rails a little bit there. I, what game would we want well, to play I actually together? looked up the game that we played and it was Awkward Guests. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the game is not actually important. Well, I mean. <laughs> and I think it's Awkward Guests. Like, I, I like that game. So, but yeah, we, I think we just wanted to play something because we were together. Yeah. But it wasn't the, the most, we spent far more time not playing games yeah. than we did and, and I think we spend a fair amount of time like after after the kids went to bed being like, okay, what should we play? Yeah, like, we're doing know. the classic. Yeah, like what should we play? I don't know. And then we talk for 30 minutes yeah. and we're like, we should play a game. Oh yeah, we should. And then we talk for 30 minutes <laughs> yeah. and then it's like, oh, it's time for bed. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Gareth, the answer to your question is uh, honestly, we would probably play just about anything that struck our fancy at the time as long yeah. as we were getting to spend time together. <laughs> So that feels like a really good place to wrap things up. Thank you to everyone who submitted questions. We really, really appreciate it. There were a lot that we didn't answer. So we will potentially try and get to some of those in another place elsewhere. But thank you all for joining us for episode 150. My mind, she is blown. Because that's (laughs) a lot of episodes that we've done. And still, to this day, two years of pandemic in, every two weeks from 2016 to now... We've released an episode, uh, aside from our holiday hi- hiatus that we've taken every year where we just skip one. Mm-hmm. That's it. We've, we've been completely reliable. And most of that, honestly, is thanks to Ambi uh, helping keep me on schedule and doing all of our editing behind the scenes. So big, huge props to Ambi for that, because Ambi, you're amazing. And I am incredibly oh. grateful for you. Thanks. And also, you helped a lot when I was 
on my maternity leave <laughs> having guests and stuff oh yeah that was fun but you you were still editing those yeah, episodes even when you were like on maternity leave you were still helping so yeah you are you are the mvp in my mind and i uh i'm very grateful to have you as a co-host and a friend me too and that's it for this week's board game blitz visit our website boardgameblitz.com for video and blog content as well as to get links to all our social media pages this episode was sponsored by gray fox games Visit lastlightgame.com to learn more about the exciting new 4X game coming to GameFound soon. And don't forget that Blitzketeers get 20% off non-exclusive items at greyfoxgames.com when you use the code GFGBLITZ2022 at checkout. Join the Blitzketeer community on Discord by following the link in the show notes. You can support the show by leaving us a rating and review on your podcast provider. And if you want behind-the-scenes access and an invite to our private Slack channel, visit patreon.com slash boardgameblitz. Our theme song was composed by Andrew Mott. Technical support provided by Toby Mao. Boardgameblitz is part of the Dice Tower Network. Until next time, ask me what you want, ask me what you need, ask me all your questions, I'll give you the deets. Bye, everyone! Bye! One quick, I almost said one quick episode before we hop into the announcements. (laughs) Before we hop into the announcements. (laughs) That's a super blitzy episode.